Four years ago, four of the world's largest central banks met to launch a then-new coordinated policy called, quote, going direct. And it was literally printed on massive financial institution BlackRock's letterhead. Here again, I highlight a section of that document from 2019, August, where the Fiat Federal Reserve, ECB, Bank of England, and Bank of Japan openly discussed how they would get around existing laws of each land in order to blow out their collective fiat monetary basis, respectively. They did so, and they did this more than six months ahead of the March 2020 pandemic rolling shutdowns which followed, increasing and kicking off a new secular price inflation regime by massive fiat currency creation. That appears to have been their goal, and they were certainly successful as massive price inflation has since followed. This week, these same four major central banks met again in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, Never mind what they did four years ago, the most important market pertinent comments by Jerome Powell were as follows. It is the Fed's job to bring inflation down to our 2% goal, and we will do so. We have tightened policy significantly over the past year. Although inflation has moved down from its peak, a welcome development, it remains too high. We are prepared to raise rates further if appropriate, and intend to hold policy at a restrictive level until we are confident that inflation is moving sustainably down toward our objective. As is often the case, we are navigating by the stars under cloudy skies. In such circumstances, risk management considerations are critical. At upcoming meetings, we will assess our progress based on the totality of the data and the evolving outlook and risks. Based on this assessment, we will proceed carefully as we decide whether to tighten further or instead to hold the policy rate constant and await further data. Oli Hansen of Saxo Bank's Commodity and Precious Metals Desk reminded all his followers this week what the spot gold price market appears to be awaiting for in its next eventual leg higher. He stated, gold investors, some net sellers of bullion-backed ETFs for months, await a peak in U.S. rates. And in the chart, you see an illustration of three various legs for gold in the last uh, 23 years, this 21st century bullion bull market in various Federal Reserve rate cut cycles. And basically, he's saying that uh, gold is poised for the next one. Later on in this week's SD Bullion Market Update, we're going to dig beyond the fact that unsecured Western gold ETF investors have been net sellers for basically the last two and a half years while the spot gold price remains persistently consolidating, awaiting its next major moves. The data of how underowned gold and other precious metal investment allocations are currently in the West remains ridiculously low, and we'll go further into that. All while collectively, central banks have been admittedly buying official gold bullion in historic record size, front-running the inevitable direction for gold's relative value higher to come. But before we go there, we're going to have a look at highlights from this week's BRICS meeting in South Africa. The most important news out of the much-anticipated BRICS meeting this week was likely the formal invitation and inclusion of massive crude oil player Saudi Arabia and rapidly growing gold bullion refinery market share participant, the United Arab Emirates, or UAE. Of course, both BRICS pumpers and naysayers were out in full all week, with pertinent points being made. But the fact is, China and its growing global trading partners and market share, they're leading us to a more multipolar world. 
Declining unipolar U.S. dominance and shrinking political sway using the still dominant fiat U.S. dollar financial plumbing as leverage, that's going to continue onward. Former central banker and market supervisor Kathleen Tyson points out that while the growth of fiat Chinese yuan in U.S.-controlled SWIFT payment settlement systems has grown two and a half times in the last two years, the Western global currency share data ignores KIPS, which stands for Cross-Border Interbank Payment System a Chinese payment system that offers clearing and settlement services for its participants in cross-border renminbi payments and trade. According to her data, the Chinese KIPP system moved over 14 trillion in fiat US dollar equivalent payment settlements that in Chinese yuan last year. This week, Bloomberg highlighted a story covering direct MCBDC trade settlement developments ongoing, the most important of which involves China and Central Bank of Central Banks, the Bank for International Settlements, a system that we've covered here on this channel called Project Embridge. The most interesting takeaway from this article this week was the admittance that the IMF, a unipolar US-led monetary fund, appears concerned that such advanced direct payment settlement systems, of course, without fiat US dollar currency and financial plumbing as the middle intermediary, well, those could morph from a new state-of-the-art technical payment solution to one that could sidestep dwindling swift payment control mechanisms. For instance, for major BRICS economies and jurisdictions. So as the USA's control systems and petrodollar foundations continue to shake and quake into a new multipolar order of coming, the last thing many BRICS participants will want to ever do again is to take any orders, loans, or mandates from the World Bank or IMF. Those olden days are apparently numbered for many BRICS participants as they move into closer ties with their largest trading partner, China, and those participating in this growing multipolar world order. Hello, this is James Anderson on behalf of SD Bullion. Smash the like button if you enjoy these bullion market updates and be sure to visit sdbullion.com forward slash sweepstakes to enter our free 500 ounce Silver Eagle coin giveaway. Want to win 500 Silver Eagle coins just like this guy? Yeah, this is Kevin. Hi, Kevin. This is Dr. Tyler Wall, CEO of SD Bullion. I'm calling to you to let you know that you won the SD Bullion giveaway of a Munster box of 2022 Silver Eagles. Unbelievable. That is awesome. <laughs> so click the link below for your chance to win. Good luck to all of you out there who enter our free 500-ounce American Silver Eagle coin giveaway sweepstakes. The silver and gold spot price markets showed strength this week, especially so on silver. The spot silver price finished well over 24 an ounce bid, while the spot gold price closed over 1,914 an ounce bid. The spot gold silver ratio peeled below 80 and briefly threatened break a key technical support level of 78, but it finished this week at 79. The final two Rico, Not Suave, JP Morgan precious metals spot price figures got prison sentences this week. Longtime JP Morgan desk head Michael Nowak weaseled out with a one year and one day sentence. He also got a paltry 35,000 fiat Fed note fine. While Double G, Greg Smith, caught a prison sentence of two years and a 50 grand fine. Jeffrey Ruffo got off. Probably still looks like a lizard though. Of course, and more seriously, there are likely hundreds more white-collar criminals who have been involved in precious metals market rigging over the last few decades. Many of those hundreds have likely gotten away with their market crimes. At the very least this week, 
a few fall guys finally got a bit of justice served to them for current market participants to see. Before we get into the pathetic Western gold and precious metals allocation data of late, which illustrates just how far this gold and silver bullion bull market has yet to run, I just want to share with you a brief clip from Fiat Billionaire on Paper, David Rubenstein's somewhat recent interview on Bloomberg. It was July 20th, about a month ago. The reason I want to share it with you is because he hammers home so many of the trends that we see playing out now and developing ahead. The biggest concern overall is a clash between the haves and the have-nots. In the Western world, the clash is going to be between the older people and the younger people. The older people are living longer and longer, but the retirement benefits are not really going to keep up with what they expect or what they need. And the younger people are going to have to say, we don't want to work that much harder just so you have a better retirement. So you're going to have Social Security in the United States, for example, not being adequately funded. You're going to have other uh, endowment programs that are not adequately funded. And the result is going to be more and more people are going to be fighting between a clash of uh, age groups, you could say, the haves who are working hard and want to make more money for themselves and the have-nots who want more money to be given to them for the retirement purposes that they, that they need. In the emerging markets, it's going to be between the haves and the have-nots in the sense that the haves who've run the world for the last 50 to 75 years, the Western world, Western Europe, United States, and so forth, they have the wealth and they have the means to really live lives the way they largely want. The have-not nations, the emerging markets, are going to basically say, well, we want some of the wealth of the world. We want more influence in the world. We want to control some of the bodies like the UN and the bodies like uh, the World Bank. And we haven't had that kind of influence before. So increasingly, you're, you're going to see in the Western world, the retirees clashing with the younger people. And in the uh, old world as a whole, you're going to see the people that have had the power for the last 50 to 70 years uh, being fighting with the people who haven't had the power, who now want it. And that's how I think the biggest fights you're going to see. It sounds like a lot of your concerns come down to the distribution of wealth. Where do those concerns look the most stark in the world or among populations? Yes, you're right. Um, the people that don't have the wealth uh, increasingly want more wealth. They are exposed to through social media and other things, how other people are living. They now see what is possible. Uh, in the United States, we've seen income inequality increasing, increasing over the last 10, 20 and 30 years. And that's the opposite of what we really should have as a society. In the United States, many people don't any longer believe in the American dream, whereas people come to our country, they often believe in the American dream. But people born in our country don't think any longer they can rise up because they have so many social factors against them. That's going to produce an incre increasing income inequality. How much worse do you think that this problem gets over time? When I left the White House under President Carter, the total indebtedness of the United States was under $1 trillion, roughly $800 billion. Now it's roughly $32 trillion. There is no way out of that except essentially inflating your way out. We aren't going to cut uh, expenses in the government. We aren't going to increase taxes that much. We aren't going to go to a bailout uh, with the IMF. That's not realistic. And we're not going to default. The only alternative is to inflate your way out. So we're going to inflate our way out. And that's not a good problem for people at the lower income parts of our society as they, they deal increasingly less well with inflation than wealthier people do. Massive secular price inflation brought on by the morally bankrupt central banks that we discussed about earlier, well, that certainly affects poor people the most. You think things are divided and contentious now. We're going to finish this week by looking at data provided by two sources. 
Commercial Bank UBS, based out of supposedly traditionally gold-stacking Switzerland, the cover of their latest Global Family Office report, obviously conveying the idea of no soft landing ahead. It basically shows that their client base in the USA has 0% exposure to gold and precious metals. Now, for those that are not aware, global family office means very high net worth. We're talking about estates worth tens of millions of dollars. Their supposed gold-savvy Swiss clients have a pathetic 3% allocation as of the end of the year 2022. Their collective commodity exposure at Kim states that they have a mere 0 to 1% exposed in this data. Now, moving onward to the latest Knight Frank Wealth Report of High Net Worth Investor Allocations. Knight Frank has the attitude survey based on responses from 500 plus private bankers, wealth advisors, and family offices representing combined wealth of more than 2.5 trillion equivalent. So let's see what they say. So according to Knight Frank, the, of the 500 various surveyed, in the Americas, uh, their clients have a 2% allocation to gold or precious metals again. So currently in the United States, that's, you can actually track, there are 150,000 estates with net worths of over 50 million or more per estate. Uh, they collectively, if you just look at this data and extrapolate it out, they, they have near no bullion or precious metal allocations to their names. Fiat financialized institutions and net sellers of unsecured ETF shares, they have near none either. The sharpest players in the COMEX gold and silver crowd, many of them are likely waiting for the perfect timing to go leverage short and then long for the next major run when Fiat Fed policies change and the next major bull run gets going and running. Let me remind you how the last 2001-2011 leveraged Western COMEX-driven spot price escalation affair looked. On this chart, the black line in the upward channel, that's basically the COMEX trading hours. Uh, it's basically illustrating in that black line 2001-2011 that the gold longs consistently were winning for a decade. The spot price of gold over that time frame 7 x Western investors, high net worth, they have, at the moment, next to nothing in terms of precious metals exposure still. What's going to happen when this black line finally again makes a consistent move up and to the right? How many times will this current spot price of gold at 2000 an ounce multiply before it manias out? That's all for this week's SD Bullion Market Update. As always, to you out there, take great care of yourselves and those you love. If you enjoyed this video, hit the like button and share it with those you love. Subscribe to our channel and hit that alert button so you know when we publish new bullion market updates.